saints, welcome to another episode of Learning Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, here to teach you Bible truth, help you grow in faith, and walk in God's amazing grace. Now, today's message is a little nugget about Jesus, the resurrection, and the truth about Easter. So sit back, relax, take notes, invite family and friends, and let's learn some Bible truth. All right, saints, are you guys ready to to listen and learn about Jesus, the resurrection, and Easter? It is a short message, which is why I call, call it a little nugget, but it came about when I received an email from one of my consistent listeners. Her name is Mary. I will not say her last name, Mary from Michigan. And she inquired about Jesus, the resurrection and Easter and um, the associations between the three. So instead of sending a long email with a bunch of scriptures, I decided to do a little nugget, a little teaching segment about it so that it can benefit everyone. Okay. So um, resurrection day or Easter Sunday is the day we traditionally celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe it to be the most important day on the Christian calendar because everything in Christianity hinges hinges on the reality of the resurrection. Now, if the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is not a literal fact, then Christianity is nothing more than another religion, which means absolutely nothing. So the resurrection is very important. So let's go to our first scripture. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 and 22. And I will commence the reading. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Now, Jesus himself said when he appeared in a vision to John on the Isle of Patmos in Revelation verses uh, chapter one and verse eight, Jesus said, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come the almighty. Now, traditionally, Most denominations have accepted and followed the fact that Jesus died on Friday. This and many other facts surrounding the event known as Easter are inaccurate and unscriptural. Even though most traditional churches have accepted them, I believe that Christians ought to know the truth and the fact that the resurrection of Jesus Christ does not have anything to do with chocolate covered rabbits or other such trappings associated with Easter. Okay. Now we know that a, at a certain point in history, Jesus walked the earth. He was God manifested in the flesh. For those of you who don't know that the invisible God who came down into the earth realm of visibility so that man could see him. Jesus said repeatedly throughout his ministry, Whoever has seen me has seen the father. In other words, I am God manifested in the flesh so you can see and comprehend what God is all about. 
Now, if you are looking for the father, look at Jesus. Okay. Now, Satan thought he could destroy Christianity by destroying Jesus. That is the reason he put the idea of betraying Jesus to the Pharisees into the heart of, um, and into the heart of, of one of Jesus's own men, Judas Iscariot. Then the Roman government acting on false charges against Jesus killed him. Now, after the crucifixion of Jesus, the devil realized that persecution would not stop Christians. The more he persecuted the church, the more the church grew. Amen. And is still growing. Hallelujah. The more he put pressure on the body of Christ, the bolder we got. And the more he tried to stop us, the louder we preached. So he decided on another tactic. And that is to water down and compromise Christianity. Now, Satan had an, an open vessel in one of the great emperors of antiquity, okay? Constantine, who made an edict. He, uh, he, he established Christianity as the state religion. Now, because of this decree, it suddenly became fashionable to be a Christian. Government leaders, soldiers, and many others began to come into the church. The church leaders of the day, desiring to make the people happy, began to compromise the pure doctrines of Jesus and his disciples. Now, this is how the word Easter got into Christianity. The word Easter is not found in the Bible. It's not in the Greek or Hebrew. Now, in, in Acts chapter 12, verse 4, the word that translated Easter which is in the traditional King James Bible is the Greek word Pasha P A S C H A meaning Passover. It does not mean Easter. Okay. Saints. That's why it is very important that we watch out for the versions of the Bible that we read because we have some of Satan's workers trying to change some words around. Okay. Now the, uh, the word Easter comes from the word Astarte. Astarte is the goddess of fertility. Now, bunny rabbits are symbolic of fertility because they are prolific reproducers. Now, spring is a time when the earth is coming back to life from winter, when the greenery is coming forth. Now, many pagan rituals were celebrated at that time. And these pagan rituals and traditions were lumped together with the resurrection, watering it down. The resurrection is Christian, but Easter is not. And y'all need to write that down. The resurrection is associated with Christian, but Easter is not. Now, Good Friday is supposed to be the day on which Jesus was crucified. Yet, Jesus said he would be in the heart or the belly of the earth three days and three nights. Dear friends, there is no way you can pull out three days and three nights from, from Friday night to Sunday morning. It just won't compute. It ain't going to happen, Captain. Now, I do not care how much of a mathematician you are. Still, many Christians go along year after year following this fallacy. OK, and it's simply not true. It doesn't compute. So we are going to talk about um, what actual day. We don't know the date, but we know the actual day that Jesus died on. It's in the Bible. So 
Um, now, the God we serve is a God of accuracy. Now, and Jesus Christ is not a party to confusion. And we really need to, to understand that. Either he, were, he was or he was not in hell for three days and three nights. And we ought to be able to find that out in the Bible. This is our resource. Okay. Now, let's go to uh, Matthew. Matthew chapter 27 and verses 62 through 66. And I will be reading. On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priest and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive, how that deceiver said, they called Jesus a deceiver, boy, I tell you, how that deceiver said, after three days I will rise. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, he has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a God, go your way, make it as secure as you know, as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. Now, these chief priests and Pharisees were Jesus detractors. OK, they were opposed to his ministry, yet out of their own mouths, they repeated what they heard Jesus say himself. Mm -hmm. There are two terms which need to be clarified here, and I'm going to clarify both of them. The word resurrection and raised from the dead. It is one thing to be raised from the dead and quite another thing to be resurrected. OK. Now, when Jesus says in John eleven twenty five and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. He is talking about spiritual death and spiritual life. He does not that he, he doesn't mean mean that if you believe in him, you are not going to physically die. OK. Some people have misconstrued what Jesus said and have gone out teaching a doctrine that are, uh, that you are not going to die. The Bible does not say you are not going to die physically. The Bible says in Hebrews 9:27, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. How could Jesus be talking about physical death when he says he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Paul died, Peter died, Stephen died. Jesus was talking about real death, which is spiritual. Okay. So what is the difference between being raised from the dead and the resurrection? Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead, but Lazarus unfortunately had to die again. The widow of Nain's son, who was raised from the dead, had to die again, as did Jairus, 12-year-old daughter whom Jesus also raised from the dead. Resurrection, however, is when you cannot die anymore. Death has no more hold on you. Jesus is alive today because he was resurrected. Okay, now let's look at Romans uh, chapter 6, verse 9. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Now, let us look closely at Jesus's statement. After three days, I will rise. Now, let's go to Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, verse 
verse 42. Now, when evening had come, I want you to pay close attention to this here. Now, when evening had come, because it was the preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath. Now, religion's tradition gets the idea that Jesus died on Friday because verse 42 says the day before the Sabbath. Okay. And to most people, the Sabbath is every Saturday. So the day before the Sabbath would be Friday, right? However, Jesus very clearly said that the only sign he would give would be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now, preparation on Friday could not possibly be true because you cannot add three days and three nights to the to, to Friday and still end up on Sunday. Am I correct? Are you following me? Now, go back to Mark 15, 42 and notice the words preparation and Sabbath. OK, John 19, 14 reads. Now, it was the preparation of the Passover. Now. This is referring to the very same event that is recorded in Mark's gospel. Only in the latter account, the Holy Spirit specified what Sabbath the preparation was for. It was not the preparation of the weekly Sabbath, but the preparation of the Passover Sabbath. Okay. The Passover is a Sabbath day. In fact, the Jews had more than one Sabbath day and see out of ignorance, people don't know that. See, that's one of the reasons I started this ministry, learning Bible truth. There is more than one Sabbath day. Okay. And, and, and this is what has confused many people. All, you know, all these days that were considered Sabbath, what all were, were all to serve the same purpose to have the people rest. They were all to be called days of rest, but there were several different ones. Okay. Let's look at Leviticus where all this stuff started. Okay. Go to, uh, Leviticus chapter 23 verses one and two so that I can rightly divide these scriptures to you. Leviticus chapter 23 verses one and two. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy conv convocations. These are my feasts. Now notice the word feast is plural. Okay. Now let's look at Leviticus, uh, verse three, 23, verse three, six days shall work be done. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Now, I want you to keep in mind that the above verse refers to Saturday Sabbath, the weekly Sabbath. It is called a day of rest, a holy convocation. Okay, now let's look at verses four through seven. Leviticus, Leviticus 23 verses four through seven. These are the feast of the Lord. Holy convocations, we could also say Sabbaths, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. On the 14th day of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of the unleavened bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. 
On the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. Now, God is now talking about the preparation day of the Passover or the first day of the Passover. And he refers to it as a holy convocation or Sabbath. Okay. The Passover was an Old Testament type of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Passover lamb of the New Testament for us. Okay. Not the children of Israel for us. He is our substitute. That is what the Passover lamb was to the children of Israel, their substitute. Now, when the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt, Pharaoh would not let them depart, even though Moses brought them, brought him the edict from God. Now, oh, Pharaoh was very defiant. That's why we have to be careful who we put in charge, who we put in charge over man. Okay. Now, God firmly said, I will permit the death angel to come to the house of Egypt as a sign of, of my wrath and judgment upon Egypt. Every first child of every household will will die because because of Pharaoh's hardness of heart against God. Boy, I tell you, however, in the houses of Goshen were the children of Israel, where the children of Israel resided. God said, take a lamb, a male lamb of the first year without a spot, without a wrinkle and without a blemish in it and kill it. They were instructed to take the blood from that lamb and paint it on the two side post and on the upper door post of their houses. The lamb's body was to be split open, roasted with fire and stretched out full length both ways. God said, they were to follow his direction so that when the angel of death got to each individual's house, he would see the blood and pass over that house and no firstborn in that house would die. Now the death angel passed over the children of Israel. That is where the term Passover originated. Okay. But what saved the people? It was the blood of the sacrificial lamb. What did John the Baptist say at the banks of, of the river Jordan when he looked up and saw Jesus? He said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's in John 1 29. I almost started preaching here. Now, Jesus is the Passover lamb. His shed blood has saved us. OK, God instructed the children of Israel to prepare the Passover lamb on the 14th day of Nisan. Nisan just means month. I use this word because it's a biblical term, but it simply means month. Okay. Now, likewise, I submit to you that the 14th day of Nisan is the very same day of the year on which the Lord Jesus Christ died. Okay. Jesus death fulfilled the Passover. The death of Jesus was to fulfill the Passover. Okay. Now, in the year in which Jesus died, the 14th day of Nisan, when the lamb was supposed to be slain, was on a Wednesday, not a Friday. Okay. Now, let us let, let, let us count. Okay. Those who use your fingers. Okay. At sundown, at the end of the day, the Hebrew day ended at 6 p.m. Now, when night began, the Bible said they took his body down from the cross. 
They could not allow bodies to remain on the cross during that particular holy convocation or Sabbath. Why? Because it was the Passover. Okay. That was on a Wednesday night. Wednesday night was the first night in the grave and Thursday, the first day. Thursday night was the second night in the grave and Friday was the second day. Friday night was the third night in the grave and Saturday was the third day. Now, when the, when, when the women came to the tomb, they had to wait for the weekly Sabbath to pass. The end of the Sabbath technically would be 6 a.m. Sunday morning. The Bible says that when the, the women came, it was not yet Sunday morning. Okay, let's look at Matthew uh, chapter 28, verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Now, they said among themselves, who is going to remove the stone? Now, when they came to the tomb, the, 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 the stone was already rolled away. The tomb was empty and an angel of the Lord was sitting on the stone. The angel said, what are you doing here looking for the living among the dead? He is not dead, but alive, as he said, and he will appear before you in Galilee. Now, Jesus was already risen when they came. As the first day of the week began to dawn, the first day of the week is what? Sunday. Okay. Actually, Jesus rose from the dead somewhere between sun, sundown Saturday and sunrise Sunday morning. Thus, there is no such thing biblically as Good Friday. Jesus did not die on Friday. He died on Wednesday. Okay. The 14th day of Nisan. He perfectly and accurately fulfilled the shadow. Oh, yes, Lord. I'm, I'm getting full thinking about this. You hear me? Oh, yes, Lord. Jesus is the sacrificial lamb, okay? And, and I want to repeat that again. He perfectly and accurately fulfilled the shadow and type according to the Old Testament of the Passover lamb. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he rose triumphantly over death, hell, and the grave, okay? Do you think that the punishment for our sin was, was for someone to simply die on the cross? Mm-mm. If that were the case, then the two thieves crucified with Jesus could have paid the price. But they could not because they, the, the, the real punishment was to go into hell itself and serve our time separated from God. Jesus was the only one who could do that, saints. And he did that on our behalf. After divine justice was satisfied, God said, it is enough. Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. He is there right now, alive and well, and seated at the right hand of, of the Father. Praise God. Oh, yes, we do serve a risen Savior. Now, I want to say Easter is not a bad thing. Just don't equate it with the resurrection. Okay. Now, stand by for an invitation in my closing remarks. To anyone listening under the sound of my voice, especially if you are a non-believer, I want to invite you to secure your salvation in Jesus Christ right now 
because tomorrow is not promised to you, my friends. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Once your earthly life ends, it is too late for you. In the end, you will find that your names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. And those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Ouch. You will also learn that you can't be prayed into heaven. Your good works or good deeds didn't save you. Religion or trying to keep the laws of Moses is not acceptable through the eyes of God. You must be born again. And the only way you can do that, my friends, is to believe in the Lord Jesus the Christ. So I ask that you say this simple prayer with me. Are you ready? Father God, I am a sinner. Your word says that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. I confess today that Jesus is Lord and I sincerely believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead and he is alive and seated at your right hand. Therefore, I am saved. Amen. encourage you to join a faith-based teaching church. Continue to follow and listen to Learning Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. So you can grow in faith, learn God's will for you, renew your mind, and most importantly, saints, learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Now, I want to help guide you into his presence. Let's meditate on this message. Thankfulness takes the sting out of adversity. That is why He has instructed you to give thanks in everything. There is an element of mystery in this transaction. You give God thanks regardless of your feelings, and he will give you joy regardless of your circumstances. This is a spiritual act of obedience, at times blind obedience. To people who don't know him intimately, it can seem irrational and even impossible to thank him for heart-rending hardships. Nonetheless, those who obey him in this way are extremely blessed, even though difficulties may remain. Thankfulness opens your heart to his presence and your mind to his thoughts. You may still be in the same place with the same set of circumstances, but it is as if a light has been switched on, enabling you to see from his perspective. It is this light of his presence that removes the sting from adversity. Now, here are three scriptures I want you to meditate on today. Ephesians 5 and 20. Always giving thanks to God the Father in everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 118 and 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And scripture number three, Psalms 89 verse 15. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So saints, I want you to enjoy life, laugh, love, forgive, and treat everyone you encounter with compassion, dignity, and respect.
hope you enjoyed this little nugget, Jesus, the resurrection, and the truth about Easter. If you have any questions about this episode or any past interludes, please send your comments, questions, ideas, and prayer requests to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to show your financial support for this podcast, please go to the homepage of one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public, and donate or contribute an amount of your choice. Now until next time, saints, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D., rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and shown of love. See you next time.